Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. In the past seven months, my guest today has been through both an ectopic pregnancy in which she lost her left tube and a missed miscarriage, all while living in a foreign country. So thank you, Natalie, for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So tell me about this journey for you. I mean, holy cow, these seven months, what a whirlwind. <laughs> it has been a whirlwind, yeah. Um, yeah, I, my husband and I moved to... Um, to a new country in July of 2017. Um, we by then had been married for about a year. Um, we both had new jobs, so it was all kind of a, a new adventure. And sort of a couple of months before moving, we sort of told ourselves, hey, you know what, let's just decide to stop trying not to, have, to get pregnant um, and sort of see what happens. So it's not like, you know, we weren't actively trying, but we were just like, oh, let's just take it, take it easy. Um, and so we organized our move, we found an apartment, and um, I'd say about two weeks since arriving <laughs> in the new place, um, we found out that I was pregnant. Um, and that was, you know, the, our first reaction was kind of like, how is this possible? How can we be so so lucky that, you know, we did, weren't even trying and it happened? Um, and then, you know, <laughs> we went sort of through an emotional cycle of excitement and then also kind of fear because we were exposed to a whole new health system, which was really different from the one that we were used to. Um, it's quite a hands-off uh, public health system. And so um, you don't really see anyone until you're about towards the end of your first trimester. Um, so, you know, for as pregnant for the first time, it's quite overwhelming and we didn't really know what to do or where to start. So there was a lot of, of research and quite a lot of angst um, that got that went into that process um and you know everything seemed fine we we were reading what we were supposed to be doing and eating and, and all that kind of stuff and I did have a few you know pains here and there but I just kept telling myself it was it was normal I actually did go and see a doctor at some point just to say hey you know I'm feeling some pelvic pain is this is this is this okay and he's like yeah yeah you know pain is quite normal in in pregnancy and so, you know, we just kind of trusted the system and, and went, went ahead and a couple, I would say as I turned into my seventh week, I started bleeding and then I kind of knew, oh dear, this is this is probably not good. So we had to go to the, the ER, um, the emergency room and um, ugh, it was just, we had to wait for hours and we're almost turned away and asked to come back the next day. Um, oh but, gosh. <laughs> but thankfully we, you know, we've got our head on our shoulders and we were like, no, this is not you know, this is not normal. And we want to get, we want to see someone today, let alone, you know, have a scan today. And somehow we got lucky because some doctor sort of took pity on us and, and did, did see us after a few hours and then, then did, um did a scan. And yeah, it was, um you know, it was one thing to hear um, that it wasn't. And also, I just want to say that the way it went, the psychology of, of the doctor was, was quite awful because, you know, we were sitting there in this dark room. Um, my husband could actually see the screen. I couldn't. And I felt so, so bad <laughs> because, you know, he so, sort of saw kind of what was what was going on and, and I didn't. So I think it was a bit of a different process. But the doctor just said, it's not good. I can't tell you anything now, um, but it's not good. 
And then sort of we got I got dressed and we we sort of were driven into like a, a waiting room and saw all these doctors, you know, looking at our sort of two or three of them approached us and said, Well, we're really sorry, but it's an ectopic pregnancy. Um and you know, I had read about it and I was like, oh, pregnancies, what's the chance that that would happen to me you know and so I had no idea that it actually would involve a surgery and you know losing potentially losing my 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 tube um so that was really whew, super overwhelming um we didn't know what that meant for our future fertility you know it's all these questions that that are sort of swarming in your head and um Thankfully, I got access to a really great doctor who said he would do everything he could to, to save my tube before I went in, which was very reassuring. Um, but unfortunately, at that time, I had uh, the equivalent of a small can of Coke of blood in, in my system. Um, and basically, it was ruptured and um, they had to take it out. So, so yeah, that was a pretty tough first experience and I'd say a really unlucky one. Um, and yeah, so I went into surgery, had to stay overnight at the hospital, uh, recovered relatively quickly from that, but it was still a, a, you know, a keyhole surgery. So it's quite invasive to some extent. Um, and the doctor said, yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't save the two, but that the other one looked fine and he wasn't too worried for us. So, you know, we were told, um, give it maybe one or two months and then you can, you can try again. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because I guess, you know, I kind of chalked it down to being unlucky and it didn't really deter us from, from we, the good thing is we then realized how much we really wanted this, you know, the, the first time around, we're kind of like, nah, let's just see what happens. And this time we were like, okay, this is what we want. Um, and so we, we tried, um, you know, a couple of months, we, we gave it a few months, two, two months, and then tried again and I'd say within the next three months got got pregnant again um and you know it's it's interesting because then your mind sort of goes to what if it's ectopic again and my goodness what if I lose the other two then it's kind of you know the the end of any chance of naturally conceiving a, a baby so that you know it, it's scary enough normally but then there's that extra added fear of goodness what if this happens again and it, it is life-threatening so it's it's quite scary but um, again, you know, we were in this this health system and we knew a bit more this time. So we knew that this time around we needed to go get an early scan and, and we did. And thankfully that that one was in the right place. Um, and it looked fine at six. We saw it at six weeks and it looked all good. Um, but um, yeah, then then what happened is we we were booked in to, to do the, the genetic test that which we could already do at 10 weeks um and so we we went in for the scan there and um yeah again dark room same scenario screens oh my gosh uh, yeah and this time they well i knew that obviously it wasn't life-threatening because it wasn't an ectopic but they that we knew from my my husband said the minute he saw the screen he knew it wasn't you know a 10-week fetus it was it was tiny um and yeah it was you know unfortunately a missed miscarriage and it had probably died a couple days after the first scan so yeah I was like what I've been for four weeks I've been carrying this 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 thing around what you know I, that was a really shocking revelation I couldn't understand how I hadn't realized that that was happening that was really trippy and difficult for me yeah well. yes yeah. Yeah. it's it's so 
Yeah, you kind of wonder how how is my body, you know, my, I usually, you know, for the ectopic, I was kind of so thankful that my body gave me signs, you know, that, hey, you need to go and do something here. Whereas this time I was like, oh, great, I'm still getting, you know, sore, sore breasts and I'm still getting kind of morning sickness and all's good, but it wasn't. So yeah, it's a bit of a, a whirlwind last year, I would say. Yeah, so then, you were in there for the scan, the 10 week scan, mm -hmm. and there was no heartbeat. So how did that process go? Did you have a DNC? Did they send you home? So, um, so, so I should say, yeah, so, no. So we, we, we were in that room and it was, um, it wasn't a doctor doing the, the, the scan. Um, and unfortunately there wasn't a doctor immediately available. So, but the people who were, who did the scan were fantastic. There were two of them at the end and, um, they were just really great in terms of telling, telling us all the right things. Um, and you know, I, I was like, but this is the second time and after the ectopic and is this linked, do we have a problem? You know, all these questions that sort of bubbled up, um, and it's, you know, obviously they were like, well, well, we'll let the doctor answer those, but you know, it wasn't, this was not your fault. That's what you should um, remember the three options. So yeah, natural, let it, let it, let it happen naturally, get a, the medical uh, treatment or a DNC. And um, I think both of us were, we were immediately, we were first attracted by the, the medication, but then we did realize uh, in talking to the doctor later on that, that might have taken quite a long time and probably wouldn't have avoided us having to go into hospital anyway. And I think we were just both quite keen to to deal with it. So we decided to go for a DNC. Yeah. And, and how was that process? Yeah, it was, um, we, we had an appointment, I think 24 hours later, which I was really grateful for. Um, and, you know, again, met, met that because of course at this point I didn't have you know my own doctor so I kept being sort of bumped from one doctor to another which which was difficult but I think the silver lining here is that we we met a lovely a lovely doctor this again and um uh he was just fantastic we had amazing the nurses were amazing everyone explained you know what would probably happen uh after the procedure um the procedure went quite smoothly um uh, he did, the doctor did say that he actually struggled to get the tissue out, um, which, uh, and, and one thing that I'm most grateful for is that we did get advice from doctors back home who said, if you can ask to get the the tissue or whatever it is they take out, tested to see if they can see what, what happened, what, if they can find a cause. Um, so that I was really grateful for because a couple of weeks down the line, we did receive the test and it turned out that it was one of the most common uh, chromosomal issues um, that cause miscarriages. So somehow having an, a, an answer and knowing that I couldn't have done anything and that it's not necessary, it wasn't necessarily my body or, you know, that, that there was kind of an answer was incredibly uh, reassuring. I can't explain. The moment I, I I heard that, I just had this this weight lifted um, from my shoulders. Um, but the after the procedure, it was you know it, I did I was in a little bit of pain, and I I'd say I I did bleed for a good two weeks after. Not you know not intensely, but there was definitely blood for a couple of weeks. Um, and the doctor did say it was because it, he struggled. He didn't want to you know 
interfere too much and sort of probably a bit of it kind of came out afterwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So what about the emotional part through all of yeah. this? Like obviously with the ectopic that was really sudden and then you lose your tube. Like there's a lot of mm -hmm. grieving there, but then yes. this, I mean, what was that all like? Yeah, it was, it was hard. I, I mean, it was really hard because you know, I, and I'm someone who's quite naturally asks myself a lot of questions and I, I tend to read a lot and to try to, to get very informed about things and sometimes maybe too informed. Uh, there's a, a good balance to have. It, it was tough. Um, and, you know, but on the other hand, it's, it's kind of interesting because we had the ectopic at that time when we had it, we didn't know if we would be able to conceive naturally at all. You know, we, we didn't know what what would happen with the other tube so we kind of saw that silver lining of like okay at, you know this time it went to the right place that's that's a good thing you know we, tr we really are trying to see the positive side of things as well but obviously it's a loss and, and it was really really hard we we were so sure you know it can't happen to us twice we can't be twice unlucky um but we were and you know i think what helped was i had actually told my closest um about all of the experience and i had actually also talked to my 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 boss about it and um the fact that that they knew that i was pregnant the, um i didn't have to explain anything when this happened you know it was kind of like there was understanding and there was a, acceptance that i needed time and space and i struggle a little bit with this three month wait because i wonder you know it it does sort of isolate us a little bit. And, and I think choosing not to isolate myself did make it easier for me. And I understand it's a very, very personal decision, but kind of knowing that I didn't have to tell the whole story and just, I just had, you know, people to turn to was, was really, really helpful. Um, and I did, you know, I did seek help and I did talk to, uh, to someone professionally because I do feel like people don't necessarily know how to, how to what to say i mean you you probably experienced that too and probably most of the listeners that sometimes it's it's awkward for people to to handle these these stories and they just don't really know what to say so having someone neutral to talk to was incredibly helpful good I, and then uh, they could probably help you deal with the not great comments that others yes. sometimes make <laughs> yes yes that is that is incredibly true and you know, you love people to bits, but sometimes they just, yeah, I, I mean, you, I've had so many people say, well, at least you got pregnant again. And you're like, yeah, that's great. But I'm allowed oh. to tell myself that you can't, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. And um, it's going to happen. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I think, I, and as many women have said on this podcast, you don't understand what it's like unless you go through it, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I really, I, you know, if, if, if you can, I would really recommend talking, finding someone neutral who doesn't really know you or doesn't have a, you know, sort of a vested interest in, in a particular interest in you and just wants to hear you out. That was incredibly helpful. And I also did a lot of things that thought I thought would be good for me. So acupuncture and things like that, just to kind of make myself, make, make myself heal and help myself heal. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I would say also listening to yourself, you know, I mean, I know there's a fine balance between people who, you know, f f between overthinking things and thinking that every little twinge in your body could be, you know, negative. But I do think if you have an intuition that 
something's wrong. And I did with the ectopic that I, I should, in hindsight, I should have insisted to, you know, to get seen earlier. And I think we are, we should listen to ourselves a bit more. Yeah. I agree. I'm all about that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I'm so glad the podcast has helped you. And it's so amazing yes. to then turn around and help others. So thank <laughs> it's you. It's a pleasure. A real pleasure. Thank you for, for, for having this podcast. It's, it's, it's fantastic. You're very welcome.